Hey everybody, it's Pastor Mike, and I want to say thank you for joining us today at LifePoint Church. We believe Sundays are an opportunity for you to know God. We also believe small groups, the best thing we do, are your opportunity to find freedom. For more information, including locations, service times, which small groups to participate in, please visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. My prayer for you as you listen to our message today is to encourage you and to help you take your next step to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Let's jump right into the message. All right, hey, today we start a brand new series called What We Believe. And uh, man, I'm so thrilled and excited about this series. It's actually designed to be a massive small groups push on top of just good teaching for the next four weeks. We want everyone in our church to be involved in small groups. We say Sundays is the biggest thing we do, but small groups are the best thing we do. And I wanna encourage all of you to be a part of a small group. And so this series is designed to push you into discussions, to conversations, into small group relationships with others. And so we have actually curated four talks for this series. Uh, We're looking at the four essential doctrines of our church. Now, of course, we believe a whole lot of things because how many of you know the Bible teaches a lot of things? But we like to say it like this, in essential doctrines, we're gonna be unified. There's an old classic statement that says, in essentials, we'll be unified. In non-essential beliefs, we'll have liberty. That means like you can flex and, and have like your passion points about certain theological positions on things, you know, and, and we'll, we may not agree 100% on some secondary or tertiary things, but on essential things, we're gonna have unity as a church. And so those things are the Bible is true. How many of you believe the Bible is true, everybody? That's today's message. Then we're gonna look next week at Jesus is Lord. He is Lord of my life. He's God forever. Then we're gonna gonna look at the, the, the belief that you must be born again. You don't get to heaven by being a good person. What does that even mean? We're gonna talk about that. And then finally, you can live a spirit-filled, spirit-led life as a Christian. And that's the life of a Christ follower, that you are a spirit-led person. So that's the four talks. And every week, we want you to engage in small group discussions. So we have some films curated for you for discussion and some conversation parts, uh, uh, some conversation points for you to go into small groups. You'll hear more about that at the end of our talk today. But I'm so excited to launch this new series, What We Believe, with the first talk that we believe the Bible is true. And we have one of my favorite humans on planet earth. He has been a great friend to me for a very long time. He's an overseer of our church. He's a church planter, 20 years in Louisiana. Come on somebody, who that? The saints go marching in. That's what I'm talking about. So we're a fan of the saints. God bless them. Hoping for a good year. That's all I'm gonna say. Anyway, he planted a church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and now is the president of the ARC, the Association of Related Churches, of which we are a part. Your generosity helps plant churches around the country. We're over 1,000 churches planted through the ARC, and your generosity has made a big difference in that. But he's also an overseer of LifePoint. He keeps us in bounds. He keeps us in the rails, everybody, and gives great leadership and oversight here. I'm gonna stop talking about him. Let's get him up here. Would you give it up for our good friend, Pastor Dino Rizzo, everybody? Come on now. Have fun. Praise God. Come on, let's clap our hands for Jesus one more time. Such an honor to be here. It's one of my favorite places on the planet to come and speak and be a part of and preach a little bit. I love what's happening, of course, at all the campuses and what's going on uh, online. You make it easy to be here. I always feel like I'm family uh, when I'm here. There's some places you go and you enjoy it, to God be the glory, and you're humbled to speak there, and you, 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 you love God's people. Uh, but then there's some places you go and you just love the people. 
And so I, I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I just walked back from Birmingham to be here. Uh, I, I, I just, my Lord, I'm, I may stay. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I may come to your house, sit up on your couch, get up in your refrigerator. I am not scared. I am one of those kind of guys. And so uh, grateful, grateful, grateful to be at LifePoint. Love this church. I love what you're about. The whole idea of doing everything we can, everything we can to lead people, to introduce people, to help people become fully devoted followers in Christ and fully devoted followers in Christ. That's a journey. That's a pathway. And I showed up in church, didn't know anything. I was grateful that they gave me a pathway. There were some steps. They helped church not be amazed to me, but help it to be a pathway. That's what we do here with Next Steps and a, and a pathway for you to be able to get to know people, to get to know what God's doing. Uh, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a small group. I got involved with a small group when I came to Christ. That's huge. And you'll, and I love the idea of in a small group that uh, connects with what is happening on the weekends, which I think is brilliant. And so this is a good series to jump at a small group or to lead one. You can lead a small group. And uh, so we're thrilled about that. I just love what God is doing. And then the idea of being fully devoted followers. You can see that. It's obvious in the way that you're reaching people, you're expanding, which I'm all about that. Because anytime you open up a new location or you go out and, and get new property, you're creating what? More space, why? For more people, more space for more souls. That's why we're faithful in our time. That's why we give over and above. That's where, why we're all about forward is because we're wanting to move the gospel forward so that people can know that Jesus loves them. We're here for you. We see you. Uh, uh, yesterday evening, I got to go out to the new piece of property there in tiny town. Man, I want to run around that cornfield. I just afraid they're going to arrest me. And so I, I loved it. I loved it. And I thought, wow, it's growing corn. But in a few years, it's going to be growing families and growing freedom and growing healing because people stopped and said, I'm going to put God first in my finances. I'm going to make this forward idea of the gospel a priority in my giving. So thank you for being that kind of church, being those kind of people. And I know so much of that comes right out of the heart of the leadership here. So you help us start new churches. But um, that doesn't happen without integrity. It doesn't happen without stewardship. And I can tell you this, by being an overseer, I get to be a part of that. I see the integrity. Uh, I see the oversight the, uh, the accountability, a big word today, the stewardship that the leadership team does here, and then also that comes right out of the heart of your pastors, Pastors Mike and Stephanie, which I believe are a gift to you, but they're also a gift to the body of Christ. Churches all over the world are learning, are being blessed. You're feeding hundreds of thousands of people because of the way you steward your finances. And then I can tell you this, they love God, they love you, they love each other, an incredible family. Pastor Mike Burnett is one of the great Bible teachers of our time. And can we honor our pastors, Pastors Mike and Stephanie. Come on, show your love for your pastors. They are the real deal. And we, there's probably not a week go by that we do not talk, we do not pray together, we do not talk about the things of God. And I'm just so, uh, I'm so excited. I'm thrilled by how careful Pastor Mike is in the handling of God's word. And I'm grateful for that. So it's an honor to be here. I get to serve at a great church, lead a great organization of people like yourself, start new churches. And I've got a great church in Birmingham that I'm a part of now. Church like this, multiple locations, reaching people 
And uh, so it's, it's, it's good to be here. I, I do feel like family. One of my closest friends is here, Jason Laird, who is a good friend about his mom and his sister. We, uh, I remember Jason when we was, he was still working out some things. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many remember when your issues were working out some issues? And so we, we've been together a long time, and, uh, and I thank God for him. So it's good to be with family. But our family loves you. I'm going to show a picture of the family. I'm, I'm Italian. My wife is Cajun, so you're going to see a picture. Y'all going to need to deal with it, I'm telling you right now. That's the Rizzo's right there. That is my lovely wife. We've been married 35 years uh, this December. My wife loves Stephanie Delin. That's Her name is Delin. Uh, that's my son. And uh, she. I know y'all looking thinking, how did he how get her? Grace and mercy, grace and mercy, grace and mercy. Just leave it at that, grace and mercy. I know, I know, I get it. Every time I put that picture up, people are like, Lord Jesus. My son, Dylan, who serves at Church Highlands. My baby, Isabella, just graduated from Alabama. Uh, my daughter, that's our oldest daughter, she graduated from LSU. Her husband, Trey, graduated from Alabama. They do football marriage counseling every season. And then my oldest daughter, McCall, is pregnant with our first grandchild. Going to be a little girl. So, hey, she get anything she wants right now. Yes, what's the question? Yeah, you have all that. And so that's our family, and our family loves this family. And so I'm honored to be a part of this series, What We Believe. I think it's important in a world right now that everything is shifting, everything is up for grabs, where there are some things that are not up for grabs, and that's some essentials. And I'm so grateful for a church that's going to be diving into these essentials. So I'm going to talk for a few minutes in this first installment, and you're going to hear some great teaching, of course, from your pastors and the team here. But I want to talk around the idea of this book, this Bible is true and alive. This book is true and alive. This Bible that we hold on our phone or our iPad or, it, it, or the hard copy, it is true and it is alive for you and I. Let's talk about that for a few minutes and let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you for the generosity of your people. Lord, it's good to be with generous people. And so Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, we thank you for our pastors and Lord, you've given us a gift in them. Speak to every person today, Father, at a campus or watching online. You see everything going on in all of our lives. And Lord, we pray that this book, this Bible, Scripture will come alive in our life. God, it will become alive and it will be true and alive for our life right now. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Once you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church on today. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you could use a little Bible, my friend. You need a little Bible. A little B-I-B-L-E, B-I-B-L-E. I'm going to be real simple today. I'm going to be clear. I'm going to chop it up clear. It's not going to be confusing. We're not getting into calculus. We're going to be basic math today. Real clear, real plain, real simple, unlike the table that sits beside my wife's bathtub. It, it, there's 800 things on that thing. There's, there's an exfoliator for Wednesday, 2 p.m. when it's 90 degrees outside. There's a shampoo on Monday in October. I mean, there's, there's so many things on that thing. I look at it, I get intimidated. I look at it, I get confused. I run away. You go in my little shower, there's a thing called a three-in-one. It's a shampoo, a conditioner, and a soap. Can I have an amen from all the brothers in the house? It's all I need. Works on Tuesday, works in December. We're going to be real simple, okay? We're going to be real simple. I did not grow up around the Bible. We were not believers. We were 
Uh, we worked the weekends. Church was not a part of our life. I never remember waking up and my family saying, Getting, get ready for church. Not because we were wicked or, you know, doing Ouija boards and stuff like that. It's not, we're not, the, you know, like that. We just didn't know. Uh, we were not against the Bible. The Bible was absent out of our life. And we had no scripture. I, I didn't know Bible stories uh, when I grew up. And so I, it, it was not a part of my foundation, nor was it a part of my formation uh, in my life. We had a family Bible. I don't know where it came from. It sat on a coffee table. It was huge. Uh, it was red, holy Bible. And, uh, and, and I looked at it a few times. There were some cool pictures in it. Uh, there were some maps in it that I checked out. Uh, that literally, for some reason, it had two uses. One was it was holding pictures from the family. So it was kind of Bible slash scrapbook. And then the other thing, for some reason, my mother, which sounds kind of odd, she stored old flowers, like dried flowers. Like would she go to a funeral, get a flower, go to a wedding, get a flower, prom flowers, uh, all these kind of things. So it was half slash scrapbook, other dried flower album container. And so it was not a part of our life. I did not know it, but there was something about it that I knew was true. I did not know the words in the book, but I believed in my heart that it was true. Even though I'd heard a lot of things and had been exposed to different thoughts and different philosophies and different theories and different ideas, there was something about it that was true. I had a deep sense, even not being a believer, not knowing anything about it, I had a deep sense that, that there was something in that book that was true and that it was God. Before I believed it, I, I had something, there was something that knew there was authority in that book. Lines up with some of the things we'll read about. I love reading scriptures that talk about scriptures. First one is 2 Timothy 3, 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Even though I did not know the scripture, there was something on the inside of me. There was something in my heart. There was a voice on the inside of me that was saying, it is God. It is God breathed. I didn't know those words, but now I look back. Something was saying to me, there is authority in that book. As I began my journey at 18 years old, there was a wondering, there was a searching. Like many of us go through a searching in our life. We go through a crossroad. We go through, uh, a, a, there's a doorway in our life. There's a window in our life. And something happens in our life where we're trying to make a decision. It happens sometimes when we're 14 or 24 or 44. We just go through these decisions in life. And so we begin to wonder there's got to be more to life than what I'm living. Things are not making sense. Things are not adding up. At 18 years old, I had one of those moments, and, and thank God during that searching and during that seeking that a church did an outreach like LifePoint, and they came to me before I ever came to them, did a serve day, did an expression of serve, what you do constantly here at LifePoint, being the hands and feet of Jesus, making the first move to people. That's why I love about buying a piece of property in tiny town that says, hey, we're coming for you. We want you to know we love you. You don't have to make a first move towards us. We're making a first move towards you. Thank God. You know, there are many people that will not make the first move until you and I make the first move. And a church did that. They did an outreach. They did something. And so I began to believe in that conversation with that serve worker, that, that witnessing person that was there in that outreach. I began to, something began to stir and I began to believe not only is that book true, that book could be true for me. 
There was something happening. There was a, there was a, there was a, a microscope happening in my life. It lines up with Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. Another scripture that talks about scripture. For the word of God is alive. It is active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Something began to, to get inside me. Something began to move in my life. Even though I had not made a decision for Christ, but God's word will begin to get in you. It will get around you. And you'll begin to realize, you know what? There has to be something that tells the truth. There has to be absolute truth. Not everything is a theory. And you begin, and at that time, I began to look at scripture and realized that there were so many things that were verified in the world. There were so many historical facts. There were so many authoritative things that line up with God's word. And then all of a sudden, my heart began to be open to scripture and open to the Jesus of scripture. And I became alive through salvation. And June the 21st, 1982, I, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Something about that word, something about those scriptures that they said to me, something about that little piece of paper that they handed me uh, about two weeks later, and I would read this little gospel track that had several scriptures in it that began to do something. It started getting in my heart, and I said yes to Jesus. It lines up with First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 through 25. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply where? From the heart. God begins to work in your heart through his word. For you have been born again. I became born again, June the 21st, 1982. Not by a perishable seed, not by something temporary or something that's corruptible. No, no, no. But imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fail. All these things we do in life that are so colorful, so amazing, so incredible, it all fades away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And that is that word. This is that word that was preached to you. I found salvation. Salvation found me. And it began to shape me. Because God's word will begin to shape you. Why not? Why not let the word of God shape us because we let other things shape us? Oh, we're being shaped by something. We, we, well, I don't believe in spiritual formation. Then you believe in some formation. There's always something forming us. There's always something being revealed to us. There's something that is molding us, something that is putting us together. There's something shaping our family, shaping our marriage, shaping our thoughts. There's something that is, that is, is trying to shape the way we deal with our anger, shape the way we sort through uh, our pain. There's always a shaping going on. And so P Peter says, and Hebrews says, and, and Timothy says, why not let it be the true and active and alive word of God? Why not that? Because it will shape us and it will form us. And to be honest with you, I was never going to find my true self and my true purpose without the shaping and the formation and the foundation of God's word. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. That's why I love James chapter 1. We'll kind of camp there. James chapter 1, verse 21 through 25. I'll read it to you slow. It's so powerful. It's one of those verses when you read it, uh, I like to say, when, after I read it, let it rest on you. It's one of those things you want to read and just say, shh, oh, just let it rest. Verse 21, therefore get rid of uh, all the moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, hello, 
humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and to deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. Huh. Like a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Wow. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and then continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Wow. James says God's word is like a mirror. It's true, but it's a true mirror. It's an alive mirror. It's a real mirror. It's a mirror for our life. It's a mirror for our soul. It's a mirror for our our spirit. It's a mirror for everything that we walk through. I was raised in a a community on the East Coast called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Come on, shout out to Dirty Myrtle. You don't even know. You don't even know Dirty Myrtle. I was raised in Myrtle Beach, and I went to Myrtle Beach High. I loved my high school. Back in those days, it was one block from the beach. And I surfed when I was growing up on a surf team at Myrtle Beach High. Had a cool surf team, a girl surf team, guy surf team. We'd surf. And in the mornings, we would surf for, for school. That was back in the day when school started about 8, 10. And there'd be a first bell, and we'd be out surfing. We surfed at a pier right there by the, I mean, you could literally, one block from the school. And uh, we would surf, and we'd hear the first bell while we were surfing. And so that would tell us, hey, we've got to get about the water and got to start getting our stuff together. And then the second bell was like, y'all need to come on in. To, y'all need to let everybody know. Y'all come on in here. So I was trying to get there. We'd, we'd get together. And then the third bell means you need to be in class. Well, here's the amazing thing. I don't believe our school had a dress code. If it did, I was never informed about it. And so, you know, you just roll up in Myrtle Beach High. I mean, I, I don't know how many, 100 mornings my junior and senior year, I got out of the water, I put on my flip-flops, wet shorts, tank top, rocking that visor. Come on, somebody. Just roll up in school. No, I mean, just here we go. And just, I mean, ne- just get, just go. And, 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 and never, you know, and here's what happened. About third or fourth hour, you'd go to the restroom or go by the locker room, and you'd happen to walk by a mirror. Just having a glance in the mirror, you'd be like, what? Oh, God. Hair all matted, you know, hostess Twinkie upside your head, uh, you know, shirt wrinkled, stain on your shirt inside out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. One of them long nights. And so all that, all this stuff. And it would be like, I, I never even glanced at a mirror. Can I tell you something? When you don't take time to look in a mirror, there's a lot that can go wrong. Let me say, there's a lot that goes wrong when you don't take time to look at your reflection in the mirror. I said there's a lot that can go wrong when you don't take time to look at your reflection in the mirror. James says God's word is like a mirror. And there's a lot that goes wrong when you and I do not take time to look in the mirror of God's word, the mirror of God's truth, and the mirror of God's authority. There's a lot that can go wrong. And there's a lot going wrong. Uh, I, 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 I read this, which I think was very interesting and very telling. It said that the average person 
spends about 30 minutes total time during the day uh, looking at themselves in the reflection of a mirror. Total time. Uh, On average, it's about eight times a day that you glance at yourself. And now that we have a phone, we look at ourselves in the photo. We take a picture of ourselves. We just, we, 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 we screen, screen in when you, you kind of you close up, you just, I mean, it's just, it's a lot. Now I started thinking about those averages, eight a person. I have a one wife and two daughters. I'm telling you right now, we are messing with the curve because I'm telling you them girls about 40 or 50 times a day. They glance it at themselves. There's a lot that goes wrong when you and I do not take time to look at our life, look at our world, look at our spirit in the reflection of God's word. James says God's word is the living true mirror. And just like a mirror reflects what we look like on the outside, God's word is the only true source that can reveal and will reveal and reflect and make known and assure to us what's going on on the inside. It's the only true authority. It's the only true source. And it's the only true story. It's the act of truth that tells us about our true self. I'm talking about that real eternal you. Can I have a good amen? That's why I just want to put on pause for a moment because I, I see this about your church. I watch online. Pastor Mike and I spend a lot of time talking. I don't know of a man in, in America that works harder. Pastor Mike grinds over the word. He gruels over the word. He stays broken over the word of God. I don't know a man who studies more, who digs into the word of God than your pastor. He digs into it. We talk about it. We're constantly talking. He sends me sermons and he'll send me a message. What do you think? Why? Because there's something. I take those sermons, brother. I re-preach them on the road. Don't give him no credit. You got a good steak? I will put it on my grill. Come on, somebody. Don't hate. I will grill your steak. I grill that man's steak. But hey, why is he, why is there tears? Why is his Bible highlighted? And why verse by verse? And we got to get into the essentials and we got to know what we believe. Why? Because he knows that God's word is like a mirror. We are living in a world today where we're looking at the wrong mirrors. We're seeing the wrong reflections. And he's living his life to say, hey, see your family. See your marriage. See your pain. See your addiction. See your hurt. See it in the true reflection of God's word. Because if we don't see ourselves in the true reflection, we will see ourselves in the wrong one. Because that's what's happening today. It's everywhere. Remember, right mirror, right reflection. But remember this wrong mirror, wrong reflection. Father, there's so many issues right now. We're looking at all these screens and all these images, all these reflections, all these words and all these experiences and, and the enemies telling us all these different stories and shining all these different things back at us. And then it shapes the reflection of how we see ourselves, how we see our marriage, how we see others and how we see our worst day and how we see our identity and how we see our value. And guess what? If you're looking at the wrong mirror and you're getting the wrong reflection, then it shapes the wrong actions. Mm. Hey, that's how it works. I can remember when I was in Bible college, 
I grew up, again, not in this. I got saved. Two years later, I was at Bible college. And Bible college, high level. There's some spiritual people up in Bible college. Here I am. Just, I'm, I'm still learning. I hadn't read my Bible through. And I'm like in class and like turn to the book of Lamentations. I, I ain't got there yet. I'm still in Luke. Anybody so spiritual glory? Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Amen. I'm like, what's up? How y'all doing? I mean, I'll never be that. I'll, I mean, there was the preaching group, and they were brilliant. Look good, preach. And I'm over there just fumbling with like a Bible with like a duct tape on it. And I'm just, and I'm sitting in a Sunday night service. Had worship in that night like we had worship this morning. You feel God. And under, as we all were praying, I knelt down under a, a chair, was like in these rows and just got down, ended up under a chair. And the Lord spoke to me. The living word spoke to me. I've called you to preach the gospel. You will preach the gospel the rest of you. You are called to preach. That's a problem. I've had seven years in speech therapy. I stutter. I get stuck on words. I, I can't read my Bible in front of people without missing a word, not pausing. I read my Bible too fast. I, and as, as, as I came out of that and I began to hear God's word, and, but I, I, I started looking the reflection of my inabilities of, of, of who I, of my past, of my, of my experience, of, of, of my pedigree and my resume. And I said, there's, I said, you, you tapped the wrong person on the shoulder tonight. Not me. I could barely speak. I can barely string a sentence together. I, I get nervous in front of people. I talk too fast. And then I began to look in the reflection of what the enemy was saying about me. When you look in the wrong mirror, you get the wrong reflection. And I'm looking at the reflection of my limitations, of my, of my past, of my challenges. And the mirror's looking back at me saying, you'll never preach the gospel. Nobody will want to hear anything that you have to say. You don't have a background in that. Your daddy wasn't a preacher. Your granddaddy wasn't a preacher. You don't look the part. You can't say, hallelujah. You ain't got none of that going on. But then over time, I begin to pray. I began to read the scripture and I would see scriptures that would say, faithful is he that called you and will also do it. Then I began to look in God's word and God's word began to tell me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That greater is he that is in me. Boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You're blessed. You're not cursed. You're the head and not the tail. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have to make a decision. What mirror are we going to look in? There comes a point in your life because when you look in the wrong mirror, you see the wrong reflection and you'll begin to live out that lie. Because this world will lie to you. Your past will lie to you. Your emotions and feelings, they will lie to you. But God's word is true. And the best thing about the word of God, it reveals the son of God. I'm going to bring some application and then kind of land this plane, but... You start seeing his word, you'll see yourself, you'll see others, you'll see the true you, but ultimately, you'll see him. Real simple. 
verse, John 1, 14. And there's hundreds like this. The word became flesh and made its dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. You know when you see it. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. See, the word of God points to Jesus and Jesus always points back to the word. They're pointing at each other. The word of God is pointing to the son. The son is pointing to his words. So we see our true self. Say, so how do I live this out? How do I live it out in my season, in my stage, in my world, what I'm dealing with, and my kids, and my as a single mom, a blended family? How do, I, how, do we, how do we move forward in this? You're going to learn that in small groups. So I love what you're doing around that. But I just wrote down three things. Just how do we live out? What is the reflect? How does the reflection and, and how do I live in the mirror of God's word? Because I'm tired of seeing, the, tired of seeing my, my reflection in the wrong things. I, I wrote down three things. They're real simple. Here's the first thing. We make a decision. I'm going to read it. I mean, I'm going to We're going to read it. We read the word of God. We read it carefully. We don't scan it. We study it. I buy my wife a magazine. We travel in the airport, and they're like $400 now, magazine. I don't know if you know that. You better finance, refinance your house. It's a, get a HELOC on your home real quick, grab a magazine. And so I did that the other day. I applied for a home loan, got a magazine. And then my wife looks at it like this right here. I'm in the plane. What? One minute, done. That was awesome. No! That was $400. We can't do that to the word of God. Not in this world. We study it. Then it, it becomes, it, we, it, we study it, it's magnified about our life. It shows us Jesus. and shows us our family and our marriage and our pain. And the hurt. And the healing. We study it. That's why small groups are so important. That's why being in church on a Sunday is so we're studying. We read it. Here's the second thing. We review it over and over and over. The tools that you get in a weekend service, the journaling that we do with Scripture, version devotions, the, the memorizing of Scripture, the, the meditating of Scripture. You know what's amazing to me? I can read a verse one day. I read it three weeks later, and it says something different about my life. Oh, this week it talked to me about my marriage. Oh, my marriage, my marriage. And then a year later, I read the same verse. Now it's talking to me about my finances. And then I read the same verse, and now it's talking to me about my secret sin. And then I read it again, and it's talking to me about being a parent. I read it. I review it. Just, just review it. Oh, thank you. I re-listen to, I re-listen to messages sometimes. I'll go online. And listen to a message of Pastor Mike or Chris Hodges or Jay. I'll just listen to, why? I'm reviewing it again. And it's reviewing me. You read the scripture, it reads you. You you review the text, it will review you. And then the last thing, I reflect on it. Wow. Man, I've got so much anxiety today. It's one of those days. I'm going to reflect on the peace that passes all understanding.
Oh, I'm so, I'm so scared. I'm scared. Oh, he's not giving me a spirit of fear. I reflect on that. I feel so sick in my body. I'm so sick. But by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm reflecting. For me, I say it out loud. I love reading the Bible out loud. Because the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. I hear it. I reflect. What? To get the correct reflection. I reflect on scripture because I need the right reflection as a dad, as a husband, as a friend, as a pastor. Because God's word is my true reflection. I'm I'm the head, not the tail. I'm forgiven. I don't have to walk in shame. Oh, I can have a new beginning. I'm new. I get to have a fresh start. I can be a good husband. Oh, I don't have to be defined by my worst day. I can be defined by God's grace and mercy. I can change. I'm not alone dealing with my sobriety. But the Holy Spirit is with me and helps me to find freedom. God's Word, our true reflection. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the Holy Scripture. Lord, the living Word of God in Jesus. Jesus, the living Word of God. Maybe you're here today and you feel far from the living Word of God. You feel far from God. Maybe other mirrors have been defining you. It's easy. It's real easy. The enemy of our soul is making it too easy. But today you say, Dina, I need a new beginning. I need a new reflection. I need a fresh start in Jesus. I'm going to give you that opportunity and then the team's going to help you with that. All across this room with every head bowed, every eye closed, and every standard come forward, but I want to connect with you as a friend. If you just say, Dino, can you pray for me? Because I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. And I desperately need a new reflection. If that's you all over this room, can you just slip up your hand right now? Just slip it up right now. I see hands going up all across this room. My goodness, there must be 150 hands going up right now. New reflection, new beginning. I need a fresh start. I need a new mirror. I desperately need a new mirror. You put that hand down. Let's all pray a prayer like this out loud. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died. You rose again. And I ask you to be Lord of my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Heal me. Be my everything. Be my savior. Be my reflection. Be my true mirror. And be my living word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we say thank you to Pastor Dino, everybody? Come on now. Praise the Lord. Hey, before before you walk out, let me give you just 30-second little follow-up here, and I want to say thank you, Pastor 
Dino for loving our church well and challenging us. Man, I don't know about you, but I, I'm so motivated to go read the Bible right now and study the word. Man, the promises of God are in Christ, yes and amen. And if you wanna learn and see what those promises are, get in God's word and hear what he has to say for you and about you. Jesus is so good. I love that you pointed us towards the end. You said, the scripture reveals Jesus. And as we follow him, our true and living head, our pastor forever, Jesus Christ, we, we learn of him through the word revealed to us. So here's your assignment this week. I wanna invite every one of you to host, join, or participate in small groups. And we specifically designed this series to be a small group series. You get on our website and right at the front of our, of our site is a, vi- a follow-up video to this message, discussion points for you for a small group. Get you some coffee, get some chips and salsa, some hummus, some Chick-fil-A nuggets. I don't care what you need. Get a little food, get a little space, and let's have a Bible study this week and talk about what we heard in the message today. And let's sharpen one another and get into God's word together. Uh, If you are not a part of a small group yet, this is your perfect opportunity. This is our assignment for this week. Do not come back next Sunday not having talked about this message. By the way, your easiest and best small group is to start around your dinner table with your family. I would love for every one of you, if you don't have a group to start there and talk to your kids and lead your family in devotion to God's word and to Jesus Christ. I wanna pray over you. And if you need prayer for anything, our team is here to meet you and to serve you at the front of our auditorium. Otherwise, we'll catch you in the lobby or you can go to our Next Steps class or get more information at our big red wall. Father, would you bless your church with this message? Lord, we wanna take it and receive it and be moved by it. And Lord, that we'd never be the same, that we would have a higher view and appreciation for your word than we had before we got here today. Thank you, Lord God, that you have given us your word. It is alive, it is powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And God, it is accessible and available to us. So Lord, give us a desire, a passion, a drive into the scripture that we would grow in your word this week like never before in Jesus' name. Now bless your church. May the favor of God rest upon your people. Bring healing, comfort, peace, the restoration of God on your church this week. We pray in Jesus' name. To God be the glory. Amen, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our message. My prayer for you is that you've been inspired and challenged by the message and also moved in your devotion to Jesus. If you'd like to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ, stay connected or even partner with us through generosity, please be sure to visit our website at lifepointchurch.tv. We hope you have a blessed week and we will see you next Sunday.